Today we are beginning the third sermon of this series, The Assurance of God's Presence, because that's really what the 27th Psalm really deals with. Amen? We haven't gotten very far. We have gotten to that, that the Lord is my light. And today, I'm going to finish up on the Lord is my light. Amen? There's a lot in this. Today, I pray that God will open up your ears. I pray that you will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. Let's read the first verse, and it reads as such in our hearing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? And today we're just going to deal with the Lord is my light. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, even now, Lord, go before me. Lord, fill me and pour me out. Lord, cut through our stubbornness. Cut through that our flesh don't want to listen. Cut through the hardness of our hearts and speak life. Speak light. Speak until we see what you are saying. Speak until we see Jesus. Speak until we see ourselves in him. Today, Lord, today, Lord, pour out of your spirit. Pour out life. Lord, speak into the innermost part of our beings that we may see you more clearly. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Glory be to God. The subject matter that we're dealing with this morning is Jesus, the light of our lives. Hallelujah. Here David is, and, and again, he is running. He is in the valley of his life, and he is encouraging himself. The, all that are disgruntled, all do, those that are, are, are not where they should be, all those that are down, has gathered on the David. And, and David finds himself a leader of a band of people that he really don't want to lead, lead, but he loves them. And here he is being chased by his mentor being chased by his king. A whole army is after him, and David finds himself in a desert place, a dark place in the valley with no one to turn to but the Lord, and he finds a way to encourage himself. Glory be to God. That's you and I. We, we have to see what David sees. We have to understand where he's coming from. My question is, how? How is David able to encourage himself in this 
type of situation? What does he mean that the Lord is my light? Let me help you with this. He said, the Lord is my illuminator. The Lord has given me a vision of my future. The Lord helps me to see things beyond what is happening. You got to be able to see beyond your situation. You got to be able to see the hand of God, the purpose of God, the power of God, the character of God. If all you going by is what you see in a physical sense, what you hear in a physical sense, what you can understand with your own mind, then the devil is going to beat you up. The devil is going to put you down. You would never reach to the heights that God has for you if you only use natural means for seeing. This light is a light of supernatural light. This is a light that David understood that God was working in the backgrounds even though he didn't see it. He had a faith in the character of God. God had already proven in his past that God loved him, that God was for him, that God could not lie, that God would fight his battle. God had already showed him a, enough of himself that even though he was in a bad situation, he knew that his God was real and the promise and the expectation that he had on the table, God was going to fulfill. When God has a promise on the table for you, can nobody take it from you? If you keep your faith in the Lord, no matter what troubles come your way, what storms come your way, let me say this, when God has purpose for you, you better believe you're going to go through trouble. You better believe that Everything is going to come at you. Satan is going to throw the kitchen sink at you with the dishes. But you got to keep your eyes on the Lord. That's what David is doing. He said, I know, but this light shows me I have a future. I have promises. I have an expectation. I know God is for me. He is hearing voices of the negative. Do not allow your past to, to, to determine how high you fly. Don't let people dictate who you are. Uh, somebody help me. He said, he said listen, the, Psalms 23 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me, He guides me, He goes before me. He, I am following him in spite of what people say about me. Too many times we are allowing the people of our past, other voices to define who we are. Not only do I need, not only do you need light on the outside for our future, I need light on the inside. You need light on the inside to show me what he has created me to be. Don't let your past, don't let your experiences in your past 
Don't even let your present situation to define who you are. You, you have to look beyond that because though it looks bad, don't mean it is bad. David is already anointed king, though he's not king in the physical, but in the spiritual, he's already king. That means that God has already anointed you. He has already ordained you. He has already purposed you for what you can't see yet, for what you can't understand yet. And God wants us to trust him for what you can't see. That's what faith is all about. That's what this is really all about. God said, trust me when things don't look good. Trust me when you don't know how I'm going to do it. Trust that I'm God all by myself. Trust that I'm able to work it out. Keep your eyes on me. See, that's why Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. Because when you know him, when you see him, when he shows you yourself and he loves on you, what happens is it becomes bigger and greater than all your past experience. You know what I found out? Everything I've been through has prepared me for my future. Satan meant it to destroy me, but God meant it to prepare me. Matter of fact, it became the plot for me to do what I do because it prepared me to meet and minister to hurting people. I, I know hurt. I know pain. I know suffering. So when people come to me, I'm able to minister at their level because of what I've been through. And I can tell them, God will walk you through your stuff. God will walk you through your pain. God will walk you through yourself. So now what was a curse is now a blessing because God is in, is in the midst of it. Have, do you see life with Christ as the center of everything? The center of even how you see yourself. Told somebody this week. Matter of fact, not just somebody. I told a couple of people. I said, how is it that here you are saved and you are allowing the voices to condemn you? Satan don't condemn you. I mean, take that back. Satan condemns you. God doesn't condemn you. God encourages you. He may rebuke us when we're wrong, but it's not condemning. Whenever you hear voices from no matter who it may be that is condemning you and crushing your spirit, that's of the devil. That is not of God. That is not how God operates. That is not how he speaks to us. God is always trying to lift us up to what he has created us to be in our spirit. The devil is always trying to steal, kill, and destroy and put his foot on our necks. What voices are you allowing to define? Listen, 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 listen. When God came and, and saved me in my bedroom for three and a half years, I devoured the Bible. I prayed. I wasn't even in church. But let me tell you what God was doing. I, I, was, I was obsessed with Ephesians. 
Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 to 3. And what God was doing was taking off tags off of me that the devil put on me. The devil said I was that, but God says you this. The devil said, but you did this, but God said, I washed you clean. God is always telling us what he has created us to be. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to be shouting. Somebody know what I'm talking about because you've been listening to the wrong voice too long. Hallelujah. Listen, 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 listen. God wants to open up our eyes. Ephesians chapter 118, having the eyes of our hearts flooded with light. It's, he wants to turn on the light. He, 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 so that we would know and understand, listen, the hope to which he has called you. Yes, you, in spite of your past, in spite of what you have done, there is a calling on you higher than where you are. God is calling. David understood that. He called this. This is a supernatural calling in your spirit that you feel God calling you higher and calling you to be more than what you see right now. This is breaking out of the mold and the box that Satan tries to put you in. Don't let nobody put you in a box. Don't let nobody put you in the mold. Why? Because God is the only one who knows who you are, who sees what he created you to be. Now, if you walk with somebody that is spiritual, they will confirm what God is saying. Hallelujah. And you ought to have friends around you that confirms what God is saying. Listen, listen, this is essential for us to get what this light means to us to know our image, our identity, what we are called to be. Because Satan is afraid of you walking in what God has called you to be. He's terrified. Because he knows that if you ever get a glimpse of what God has called you to be, that you're going to start terrified his kingdom down. He knows that you're going to start blessing and encouraging other people. He knows that there's a power that God has placed inside of you that is beyond what you can see right now. Listen, listen, listen. And, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power. Listen to this. In and for us who believe. Matter of fact, he goes on to say the same power that raised Jesus is the same power working in you and I, but you activate it by your faith. That's what David was doing. In a bad situation, he believed. In an unbearable hardness of being chased for his life, he believed. He know he was saying, Lord, in spite of my circumstances, in spite of my condition, in spite of everything that is happening around me, I still see and I still believe.
always trying to give light. Matter of fact, he's trying to give light to the world. Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 77 to 79 says this. To bring and give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness and remission of their sins. That's where it starts. He said, he said, matter of fact, we would not have came to him unless he turned on the light. You can't even see him unless he turns on the light. He said, because of and through his heart of heart of tenderness, mercy, loving kindness of our God, a light from all high has dawned upon us and visited us. Don't we say? Jesus is this light to shine upon and give light to those who sit in darkness. The whole world is under darkness. Hallelujah. He, he says in Deuteronomy, he said, groping in darkness, trying to find their way. The rest of the world, don't, you cannot afford to allow the world to affect your faith. You cannot take on the doctrines of the world. The word of God and the promise of God in you is what is true. Look what it says. At noonday, you will grope about like a blind person in the dark. He said, it's, it's, it's shining, but they're blind. They're groping for truth. They don't know the truth. Look what he's saying. Hey, listen, he says the whole world who don't know him, they are not walking in light because light comes from God. You will be unsuccessful in everything. He said, he said you, you may succeed in, in worldly by the world means, but the emptiness, the void, the, 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 the still searching for what you need, it will not come to pass. Because what you need is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Only thing that feels, only thing that, that helps you become who you're supposed to be. Hallelujah. Uh, somebody ought to be shouting. Matter of fact, God is so awesome. Romans 1, 16, 24. Uh, my, my son asked me that. He said that. What about those people in other countries? How, how about people who did not expose to the gospel? Well, Romans deal with that. Romans chapter 1 deal with that. He said, he said that, that, that those that, uh, that they knew the truth, or he has put the truth in them. He has put light in them. He has shown them. He has, he has shown them what they ought to see. That's in verse 21. Even though they knew God as creator, they did not honor him as God and did not give thanks of his wonderful creation. On the contrary, they became worthless. He said, at the beginning, I gave them the knowledge. Even now, there's an inward witness that Christ is Lord. And you, we can either receive it or reject it. My question is this, if he went this far to save us, then doesn't he want to direct us in the pit 
pitfalls of all of life. You know what I discovered? My problem, our problem is, I still many times want to do it my own way. <laughs> many times, I think I know better than God. I think that for every reason that I can do it my way, no harm, no, no problem, but I'm learning to trust God even when it's uncomfortable. I'm learning to, 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 to trust him at his word and leave the outcome to him. I'm learning that God is faithful. And, and after a while, when I have suffered a while, why? Because the affliction and suffering is molding us to be like Jesus. God is more interested in our inward character than our outward happiness. Hallelujah. But I'm learning that God will bless you when you choose to trust him because God is faithful. And this whole thing is about our faith in him. And after you go through your valley experience, God is going to lift you. David believed that. David understood that. So he is able to say, I'm not looking at what is, but I'm standing on what's going to be. I know the Lord is guiding me and he's going to be with me through all that I'm going to go through. He is my tomorrow. He is my future. He is my expectation. He is my hope. He is my success. He has told me and anointed me and he has called me king. And since God says I king, regardless of what anything else, I believe what God says. You know what? You got to make a choice. Are you going to believe what the world's saying? Are you going to believe your experience? Are you going to believe what the devil's saying? Are you going to believe God? Choose God. He says that we are chosen, that we are elected. He says we're more than conquered. He says the victory is ours. He called us his beloved. He said he will fight our battles. He said, though the weapon be formed against us, it will not prosper. He said that he will be with us until the end. He promised that he will lift us. He promised that he will make a way out of nowhere. The promises of God is yea and amen. Hallelujah. We have to make a determination whether we're going to walk in the light Allow darkness to sneak in. Listen to Proverbs 29, 18. And I want to read it out of, uh, let's read it out of the Amplified Classic. It says, where there is no vision, or where people can't see God. When you can't see what God has for you, you stumble around. Where there's no redemptive revelation, people perish. Or, or they walk in death. They walk in a way that they're going to die. It's going to produce death. 
Amen. The, the Tartu, the um, Message Bible, if people can't see what God is doing, if you don't have something to hold on to, if you don't have a promise on the table and you living every day with no aim, with no purpose, with nothing that you hold it on to. Listen, your past ought to be pushing you, but your hope and promise in the future ought to be pulling you, which means that everything can come at you, but because the character of God and what he has done for you in your past is pushing you, and because you have help onto a promise he got just for you in your future. It keeps you on track. It keeps you trusting him. It keeps you not falling for the trips, the tricks, and the deception of Satan because you know what God has for you. You trusted him for your future. He has already spoken to you what he wants to do with you. And all he wants you to do is keep your eyes on him. Be obedient. And if you fall, get back up because God is faithful. That's David. That's what he's saying when he says the Lord is a light. He's my light. And he's a light. Psalm says that he's a lamp onto my feet. You know what that means? He won't show me everything to me getting there. He's, he, he Psalms 119 says, he's a lamp onto my feet, which means that he showed me one step at a time. Hallelujah. You know what, can, can I be honest with you? It's uncomfortable sometimes when God only shows you one step at a time. He don't show you everything. He shows you a little bit at a time. But, but, but you know what? The secret is not so much to trust what he's showing you, but trust what he says. Can I give you an example? Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, he could not trust stepping his next step on water because water couldn't hold him. But he was stepping on the word of the Lord until he wasn't. <laughs> now, let me say that again. He was stepping on that the Lord said, come, until he wasn't. And when he quit trusting what God told him, he began to sink. Hallelujah. Water couldn't hold him, but the word of God was holding him as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. Did you know that God is able to hold you, to keep you, to secure you, to give you peace in the midst of the storm as long as you keep your eyes on him? I, I have quit trying to figure out God. I mean, I mean, I'm learning his ways, but he's not going to show me everything. That as I'm walking with him, what he's going to do is show me one step at a time. And because he was faithful back then, he's going to be faithful right now 
and he's going to be faithful in the future. Let me show you how to work this. How, let me see if I can show you how to work this. Uh, uh, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Verse, 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 verse 7 and 11. And it reads as this. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let them return to the Lord and he will have love for them. Hallelujah. He says, he says, he says, he says, he says, come back to me. I will have love for you. I will have pity and mercy for you. You know, he says, he will multiply. He will multiply his forgiveness. His mercy will be abundant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse, verse 8, he says, for my thoughts, <laughs> my thoughts are not your thoughts. You know what he says? He says, you need, in order to see what I see, you need light. You need me to give you a divine illumination and revelation because you can't see it from your perspective. You are man and he is God. Hallelujah. I'm learning more and more to lean and depend on God. I'm learning more and more to trust not in my own understanding because my own understanding gets me in trouble. You, you may not know this, but your own understanding gets you in trouble too. He said, but my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not one of the things in my prayer. Said, Lord, teach me your ways. Lord, teach me your ways. The psalmist tells us that Moses knew the ways of God. That's knowing God's heart. That's knowing his heart. And if you begin to know his heart, he will begin to show you which way to go. He will correct you. He will direct you. He will show you. The Lord wants to show us his heart. He already knows our heart but he wants to show us his heart. Hallelujah. He said, he said I'm planting seeds in you, and those seeds are going to grow. He said, don't expect what I show you, what I give you to come up at once. He said, it's a seed, but the seed is going to grow. He said, I, I let the rain come. I let the snow come. He said, and as, as the snow and rain on the ground, the seed that is planted in the soil will begin to come up. He said, he said, the water maketh the seed come up. God gives us promises in seed form, which means then that you keep on praising him. You keep on trusting him. You keep on praying. God said, that's watering the seed. That's watering the promise that I said to you. If you keep on muttering his word in your mouth, you're watering the seed. He said, as the water maketh the seed come up. He said, he said so if you water his word, sooner or later it's going to come up. Hallelujah. It's going to come up. He said, and when it comes up, sooner or later, that seed is going to pop and germination is going to take place. And as it grows, the fruit is going to come. He said, 
I watch over my word to make it happen. That's how awesome our God is. Do you believe? Do you see? Do you understand that God is up to something? Here Paul is in the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 and 14. He helps us with this. Paul shares his heart here. He says out of the Amplified Classic, he said, for my determined purpose is, he said, I have a purpose. I have a determined purpose. And I'm not turning to the right. I'm not turning to the left. He said, my determined purpose in my life is that I may know him. He was so in awe of Jesus. He was so enamored with Jesus. He says, I want to know him more that I may know progressively and become more deeply, intimately acquired, acquainted with him. Perceiving, that's seeing. Recognizing, that's seeing. The understanding, that's seeing. The wonders of his person more strongly, more clearly, that's seeing. That I may know in the same way that I am known, that's seeing. That I may come, that I may know the power outflowing from his resurrection. That the same power that's in him will flow through me. I, I want to see him. I want to know him. Matter of fact, I'm willing to share in his suffering because I got to die to self. I got to die to self that I may come alive in Christ Jesus. He says, not that I have already apprehended. Not that I'm already what I supposed to be in that he snatched me, he caught me, he captured me because he has a purpose for me. I see a me beyond me. I see the me that I'm going to be in Christ Jesus. I see a me that is more like Jesus. So I keep my eyes on Jesus so I can become what he has called me to be. So I press, I press, I strain towards the mark. Watch this, not of the low calling, but the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm forgetting the things of the past and I'm pressing towards the mark of God in Christ Jesus. There's a better me. There's a more anointed me. There's a me that's walking in the glory of Jesus. It's ahead of me. So I see what he's calling me to. He's calling me higher. He's calling me higher. He's calling me higher. An eagle soars because it loves to be close to the S-U-N. We ought to soar, my brother and sister, because of that S-O-N. Jesus, the love of Jesus, is calling us higher, closer to him. That you no longer act like a chicken, because you're not a chicken, you're an eagle. You're an eagle. You're an eagle. Don't you hear him calling you? Don't you hear him saying, I want to take you higher? But you got to let go of the low-level stuff. Spread your wings and soar. He is giving us light in order to soar. 
When you are obedient to the knowledge you have, he'll give you more light. When you're chasing him with what you see now, he'll show you more. When you relish and hold on to what you have experienced so far, he'll let you experience more. He'll give us as much as we hunger for. Hallelujah. If we don't allow the world to get in the way and recognize it's Jesus, it's him, he's it, and he will begin to take off the tags that's not you, the lies that's not you, and you will find who you've been created to be in him, for him, by him, to the glory of God. Do you know him? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you said, Lord, come into my life. I accept you. I trust you. Today, I give you my life. Today, I recommit my life to you. Lord, I want to soar. Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, give me more light. Give me more understanding. Give me no more revelation and illumination of you. Then show me me, who I supposed to be in you. Hallelujah. I hope this message blessed you today. I hope that God give you a, a, a greater revelation of him and then your calling on, in him. The 400 number.